Hey there, everybody. In today's episode of the True Discipleship Podcast, Morgan and I invite our friend Micah Thompson to be a part of today's conversation. Micah is a connoisseur of all things entertainment. Now, it's not because he's a professional writer or director or artist or anything like that. No, he's a 20 year old, (laughs) but he loves Jesus. And I think it's very important for young adults to speak up because they have a fresh perspective on pop culture. They have a fresh perspective on the way that the media is influencing our generation and how it's affecting us as Christ followers. In today's episode, we talked to Micah about where we should find entertainment. Should we enjoy everything that's out there? Is there a place for us to draw the line? How do we safeguard ourselves away from the things that could potentially be damaging to our souls? But also, how can we learn lessons from the things that we may be quick to throw out when it comes to the realm of entertainment? And we're talking about all of it. We're talking about movies, music, books, video games, all of that stuff. How do we eat the meat and spit out the bones? We talk about all that and more in this episode. Thanks for joining us. Let's hop in. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode 16 of the True Discipleship Podcast. You're here with your host, Aaron Nelson, and... I'm Morgan. And uh, I didn't think anything through past that. <laughs> you knew your name. I'm really yeah. proud of you. Yeah, I, uh, I try. Yeah, that's right. Um, hey, well, uh, super, super excited to be here today. Um, yeah, we've got some some things that are in the works as we get ready to to ramp up towards the holiday season and all that stuff. I know we hinted towards that last week, but stay on the lookout. You'll be getting some more information on all that sort of stuff soon. Uh, But let's just go ahead and get right into things today. Um, We have been in a series called Christians and Culture for the past couple of weeks, um, where I think we've just had some really good conversations. Uh, I think we've had the chance to address some things that um, a lot of people don't really talk about a ton. Um, And so we're going to continue that here today. Uh, And we have a special guest who's going to be on the show with us. We'll introduce him in just a moment. But first, before we get into that, before we bring in our guest for today, I do just want to encourage you, if you're listening to us on any of our podcast platforms, uh, be sure to go ahead and give us a follow. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, uh, as well as like and comment on this video. We love having conversations with you guys, and uh, we just want to build this community. We think it's a great place to, um, that we have great conversation, but it's awesome to hear uh, voices other than our own contribute to some of these conversations. Uh, So with that being said, speaking of having other voices, I want to introduce you today to a good friend of ours. Uh, his name is Micah Thompson. Micah is, uh, yeah, he's, he's a friend of ours who we had over for dinner a few weeks ago, and we just kind of got into a conversation uh, about today's topic, um, not knowing that this was going to be a topic of conversation for the for the series or for the podcast. Uh, but uh, as this series keeps progressing and keeps growing, we thought, man, you know what, we should bring Micah back in here. Uh, when we started this podcast, it was a lot of it was around the idea of uh, me and Morgan were just having really good conversations. And we're like, man, we wish we could bottle up these conversations. And so this is this is some of that. Um, I think we started kind of on the, the basement floor in our previous time talking to him about this thing. But I think we get a chance to to get into it a little bit more. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, please welcome Micah Thompson. Hey, how are you? Dude, we are super good. Super glad that you're here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Okay. Um, we've been in this series for the past couple of weeks called Christians and Culture, um, and we've talked about a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. We started this off talking about uh, Halloween and whether or not Christians should be allowed to celebrate Halloween. And then last week, uh, we started dealing with a pretty nuanced thing of like Disney and mm-hmm. what do we do with that? 
Um, but this week, I feel like it's getting a little more specific. I feel like we've been kind of on a general level mm-hmm. for a while, but I think this is actually going to help us out a ton um, with knowing how to navigate like real life situations. Yeah. Um, and the one that we were talking about uh, the night that you came over for dinner was around the topic of how do we consume entertainment? Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, you may consume more entertainment than anyone else that I know. <laughs> uh from like all over and i think you have an appreciation for it whether it's um music movies video games comic books mm-hmm. like i was gonna say regular books regular books yeah <laughs> like I, books that adults read I, like, I, without I, pictures I, I, bought, books. I bought four new books today Jeez. before i came back here yeah oh my gosh Can you, i have like 60 that i haven't read yet i need to stop oh books. yeah uh, yes, yeah. we have that problem over yeah. here as we well. We don't have that problem. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you read them? I will read some of them, yes, oh, but no. I'm not the book buyer. Mm, that's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. So. I have a She's rec- not the way that they come into the house all the time. I have yeah. recently uh, talked to a lot of people about the li- a library card um, and how useful those can be because like, the library has all the books and you can just go borrow uh, them. See, I have one, but... I like to own them, you know? Are you like a write in the margins, highlight kind of person? No, I I like my books like pristine and taken care of. When I read like a hardcover, Mm. I take the jacket off. And like I I want when I'm older to have like a library of books, like an office in my house that's just like full of and so. Like that seems like so cool. It's just, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, so. Well, dude, cool. And and just so that I think people get a little bit more context of you, like you love – just like the art of storytelling as yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're interested in, in becoming an author and mm-hmm. writing. Um, and so, yeah, so stories and stuff like that really fascinating. I feel like that's one of the ways that me and you connected really well mm-hmm. um, was not just through like movies and books, but like video games is a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we're both drawn to the same sort of like, uh, for me, it's like, I love single player linear storyline driven video games. Yeah. Um that just like really like captivate you and, and bring you in. I um, thought Madden was your favorite video game. Madden is the one that I play the most because oh. I, I can like replay it over and over. It is again. a bad game though. <laughs> it is That's a bad game. That's not a story a linear storyline though. It's not, but like my preference for the type of games that I play are gonna be the ones that like I can start, they have a clear story, you play straight through it, you're mm. brought into the story. Madden is good for replayability. But like, it, and also with video games, like you, so, your options are so limited. Yeah. So like, like there's maybe like eight mm-hmm. video games I can think of that are actually like along those lines of like preferences. Yeah, it's pretty like it's it's pretty far and in between. Yeah. But like when those sorts of games come out, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I have to play Madden in the meantime to keep me <laughs> keep me entertained. Keep me entertained. Yeah. yeah. Also, like with Madden, I can play one game that can last for like. 30 to 40 minutes as opposed to like if I play one of those storyline driven games I'm sucked in for three four hours at a time yeah Uh, okay so um, all of that to say that really the topic for today's conversation is is there's a lot of entertainment out there Mm -hmm. and while there are benefits there's pros and cons to all of it there's also a lot that can be harmful Mm -hmm. um and I don't. Maybe we don't think about it that way. Maybe we don't view it as harmful content or whatever. Um, I think that line has been blurred a little bit um, over the over the past couple of decades. Uh, but as Christians, we're we are. You mentioned earlier that like 
when you watch movies. Like it can be a very passive experience. But as Christians, we're not supposed to be passive in like any area of our lives. We're supposed to be intentional um, in about about all things, right? Uh, First Peter writes that we should be diligent. Um, that's actually a, a common thread throughout a lot of the New Testament is to be diligent and not just be passive in these things. But so Morgan, I'll go ahead and throw this question over to you. Like when it comes to the type of media that we consume, do you feel like we've, do you feel like we're doing a good job being diligent or do you think we've leaned too far to the passive side? I think we've gone passive. Um, I think the justification I find myself um, making when I watch TV shows is, or like it consuming any media is like, oh, well, that's them, but like I would never do that. Like I can point out pretty clearly like sin or even just like not sin, but like a lifestyle that just probably isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? There, there are things you can do that aren't like explicitly sins that are listed out in the Bible, but maybe just aren't like good for your heart. Um, and I can see that in media. I can hear that in like songs or see it in TV shows or watch it in movies. But the way I like justify continuing to watch it is like, Oh, well I, I noticed it and I called it out and I would never do that in my life. Mm Um, but that familiarity that like continuously watching this stuff normalizes those things. Mm. And eventually my guard like gets let down or like I let my guard down and I yeah. allow those things. Almost in. like whether you're aware of it or not. Right. It feels like it does. Like I, I think uh, you talked about normalizing. I think another word for it is desensitizing. Mm. Like, I think we've definitely become desensitized by the amount of media that we bring in and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. Michael, what do you think about that? Um, I think we're diligent about the things we choose to be diligent about. Mm. Mm. Um, and we're really passive about things. We tend to like give things like a pass for things that like seem okay. Yeah. And And it feels like everybody kind of has their own individual log of what's okay and what's not. Yeah. Right. I I feel like it's pretty universally accepted like Marvel. I'll pick on Marvel. Mm -hmm. I don't like Marvel that much. But it's like the most successful film franchise of all time. So it's a good base to go off of. So everyone always kind of like, like Marvel is what's okay Mm -hmm. is pretty much the line. I feel like it's like the culturally accepted norm of okay. It's the the line of how violent you can be without being too violent. Mm. How sexual you can be without being too sexual. How uh, like the use of language, the the I don't want to say themes because that's a little too like. Mm-hmm. Artsy, no, I feel what but, you mean. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone's really taken into consideration. Like, okay, when Captain America punches a bad guy, the bad guy doesn't just like get yeah. knocked out, disappear, or yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's not like just okay. Like, if this was real life, um, that would be horrible. Yeah, and so I think like. A lot of people will talk about like violent video games, like mm-hmm. video games, violent video games is a really big deal. But I think like look at Marvel, like I think <laughs> when you're 11, 12, 13, like violence becomes cool. Yeah. Or at least that's what it was for me when I was that age, because it was portrayed as cool. Like mm-hmm. it's cool when Captain it's a America mature theme the that I think like there is this like nuance of like, oh, it's mature. So that's like a cool thing, you know, like it's like the forbidden fruit when you're growing up mm-hmm. of like, oh, you can't watch this because it's too violent. Or you can't play that because it's too violent. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, but then we sit our kids in front of the TV and let them watch Looney Tunes mm-hmm. all day long with them like dropping, <laughs> dropping giant anvils yeah. on top of each other's head and like, yeah, all that sort of stuff. I think the question becomes, is it still good for me or is it right for me to watch those sort of things that portray horror, mm-hmm. violence, blood, gore? Um, and then even like past that, right? Like movies always say like it's rated PG-13 for this reason mm-hmm. or for this reason. Like if a movie's rated R because there's just a lot of cursing in it, most people would, I wouldn't say most people, but a lot of people would be like, okay, I can put up with cursing. Mm-hmm. But when it gets violent, that's too much for me. Um, so for example, like Morgan, me and you, we just finished watching season three of Love is Blind. And I don't know if that's like what influenced your answer or what's spoken to your answer, but I feel like so much of that is like, yeah, I would never live the type of lifestyle these people are living. Not saying that like, oh, I would never go on like a game show like that or whatever like that, right? But it really glorified, like one of the biggest things that come up in every season of Love is Blind is um, for anybody who doesn't know the premise of the show, they sit in these pods, they don't get to see each other and then sight unseen, they have to decide if they're going to get engaged to a person or not. And then they finally get to see each other and then they like spend, I think like a month together and then at the end of that month, they decide whether or not they're going to actually get married. But what's funny is that there's always this point after they see each other, they go on the honeymoon and the question becomes like, did these, did these people sleep together on their honeymoon? So I wasn't actually thinking about Love is Blind and answering that question, but I feel like that's a good example of like, these people are living their lives and there's nothing that I would say sinful in that, in Love is Blind. Like the concept of the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like in the behavior that's portrayed out because I think there definitely is. Yeah, it's not as, like, glaring, I guess, as, like, other shows. Like, Mm. um, (laughs) The Bachelor uh, in Paradise. Mm. That feels more scandalous than Love is Blind. Mm. Love is Blind feels innocent because it's, like, you're trying to, like, authentically set people up Mm. and, like to marry each other mm-hmm. and you're trying to do it on the foundation of like looks aren't it. So it mm-hmm. kind of feels wholesome. Like when you, when you think about like the premise that they're trying to like create these relationships on mm-hmm. is that there's more to you than just what's I on the, a, I think it's a part of it, but like there's also clearly brokenness in the people that are portrayed on camera and well, then it just becomes drama. And then we, I think that's another thing is like how much we celebrate drama like oh this is good because these two hate each other like there's nothing like that's not a christian value you know yeah do you think though that like premise matters like the another way to say is like artistic intent Mm -hmm. because morgan was talking about it and she had said like it's not the premise isn't scandalous Mm -hmm. and the the i think it's netflix it was like too hot to handle have you heard seen that or something where that's clearly just pure like we're going to put people in a situation and then force them to really want to have sex out of marriage and then yeah, make them see if they do it. I think the difference is, is like, we talk about this a ton and I actually even love this, that like in the reunion episodes of Love is Blind, they bring everybody back in. And like one of the things they say in almost every season is like, oh, well, you edited me to look like a bad person or you tweaked this to make me look like a good person or they only showed this side of me or whatever. Um, so like... I'm certain that Netflix knows that drama and sex sells, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's the parts that they're going to elevate. And those are the parts that they're going to accentuate on. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. I I, I think on paper, there's nothing wrong with the premise mm-hmm. of we're going to put people together. Whatever they do is what they do, right? Like at the end of the day, you have adults who can make decisions for themselves and figure like if people on there don't want to sleep together then they won't sleep together Mm -hmm. and then netflix gets a boring show that probably doesn't sell very well um but yeah i I do think that there is a part of that i think they're gonna they're gonna try to sell the scandal they're gonna try to sell the drama Mm -hmm. and i guess really where the question comes is like how much should we enjoy that should we find pleasure in that as christians should we like push away things that indulge in our senses that don't glorify God. I guess that's ultimately the question that I'm asking. That's one of the reasons why when you, when you consume entertainment, I think we need to stop being passive. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that plays into like actively consuming entertainment, like going into it and thinking, okay, what is the person who's making this trying to say? Because they have a point behind what Mm -hmm. they're not just trying to entertain you. They're trying to communicate a message with whatever it is because to them they're writing they're directing the the camera shots whatever yeah that's art for them that's art for the person whose job that is so what are they trying to tell you um and most of the time that isn't like the on top just right in front of your face like thing that's happening yeah um and like looking into and actively thinking of what's being communicated like a, a lot of the uh the disney we'll pick on disney for mm-hmm. a, second. a lot of like disney movies the 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 main line that's being communicated is follow your heart mm-hmm. when in the bible it says i, I think it's in jeremiah i don't remember the chapter it's the jeremiah seventeen nine, <laughs> where it says don't follow your heart your yeah heart, like will lead you astray heart is deceitful yeah, yeah and, and so it's looking at the message of what's trying to be communicated and I think as Christians, we get so caught up on the the, the circumstances that is mm. communicating the message. question is like where do we draw the line so for me personally like where i draw the line so for example with um i'm just i'm gonna use this as an example but i think it applies to all these different areas of sin of sinfulness that are portrayed in media is like when it comes to sex in movies and stuff for me the boundary is does this serve a greater story or is it just gratuitous so for example um a show I was really into when it first started was Orange is the New Black on Netflix. Thought it was great. First season, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and there was, well, there were like sexual scenes in the show in the first season because they're trying to paint for you this picture of like this woman who essentially has no business in the prison system is in the prison system and now it's shocking her like everything is a culture shock to her and so it served that purpose and so i was like okay like yeah did i still like cover my eyes when those scenes came on yeah um but i understood okay it's in there because it's serving a purpose for the overall story 
in season two, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a scene I was watching specifically where these guys are like sitting in a sauna and then like they're having a conversation and in the background there's like sexual stuff happening. And I'm like, that literally didn't have to be there. Like mm-hmm. they just put it there because they know that sex sells. Um, so for me, that was a show that I stopped watching at that point because I was like, I don't want to just consume ick for the sake of ick. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to just see gratuitous violence or just see gratuitous sex or language or anything like that. Like this needs to serve a purpose to the story that ultimately teaches me a lesson that points me closer to God instead of just like, oh, we're just going to put this in here because that's what the people want to see. Mm-hmm. I think Game of Thrones was the, the first mm-hmm. thing that started that, which was like it had so many scenes throughout the show where there was literally like sex happening in the background solely to serve the purpose of one character saying something and it not be boring for an audience member. And that show just completely normalized that throughout all of TV. Um, but I do think that all, almost all of the things that you had listed off, like violence, um, swearing, alcohol, like all of those things can serve a purpose to a greater message. Mm. Um, just like how it's used in the Bible and how God doesn't shy away from it. I, as someone who wants to write, like I always want to make sure the writing is honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to Marvel, like the violence that's in it is fake. Like it doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. That was something that I, I never watched the show, um, so I'm sure somebody will push back on this. But like Euphoria, I never watched it, but I know like Zendaya's character in the show was like addicted to drugs, and a lot of people got upset because they're like, "Oh, this show's like someone who's supposed to be a teenager on drugs," and she's like, "Did you see how not appealing <laughs> it was to like?" I, yeah, I tried to watch it the the like first couple episodes, and it's one of those shows where it's just. It was too heavy yeah. for me. I know my brother, he loves the show. But yeah, like a lot of those times people will get upset about something. It's like you you didn't watch it. Mm. You, di- you haven't seen what it's actually trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the importance of like just being diligent mm-hmm. um, and being able to find kind of the 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 value in things. But also just knowing like, listen, this does nothing to edify my soul. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to. I'm going to completely cut that out. Now, I do want to hit this be- before we move on, because if we're not careful, we'll we'll get ourselves in trouble here. And I don't just mean like with the listening audience. Uh, I mean for us as individuals. Right now, if I'm somebody listening to this, I might be driving in my car by myself yelling at the radio because I'm thinking um, these guys are just justifying watching whatever they want to watch. Mm-hmm. What do you say in response to that? I know myself and I know I'm a very like scared person. Like I get scared very easily and I don't like being scared. Uh, So horror movies are just automatically out for me. Like if you want to give me the cliff notes on like the bigger story that it's telling and what life lesson I need to learn from it, I will gladly read the notes, but I, I don't like, I can't do horror movies. I watched, a scary movie in fifth grade and to this day I'm dealing with the trauma of having watched that movie um like life altering I I'm afraid to uh take showers at hotels to this day uh because of this movie that I watched in fifth grade it's just like something I wanted to like ask is like is the entertainment for like 
learning something or is it for like enjoyment and pleasure? That's a great question. I find enjoyment learning or seeing someone's perspective. Hmm. I even if I don't agree with w- the message of the story, mm-hmm. I love just learning from that person's perspective to see what that person thinks. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people miss out on is like, okay, I want this author or the person making the movie or whatever to agree with my beliefs. Hmm. So it reaffirms what I already believe. But I think we miss out when we cut out all the things that we don't agree or that we disagree with because we start to live in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that there's an element to being firm in what you believe while also being willing to hear someone else's opinions or side to the story Um, just so that you can then have an understanding. I, there's a verse in first Corinthians chapter nine, I think where Paul says, something to the effect of like to the poor i become poor Mm -hmm. to the servant i serve to the unlawful i become unlawful Mm -hmm. but still under like god's law like all of that and he's basically saying like to reach people for the gospel i understand them Mm -hmm. i do my best to learn and and try and understand them whereas i think a lot of us as christians will just go to someone and say you're you're broken i have the answer Mm -hmm. like the bible can fix Mm -hmm. it without ever trying to learn or understand why they are that way. And I think that's one of my favorite things to see in television or a story is like, I I might not agree with what's happening or the message that's being told, but I can understand why, Mm -hmm. or I can understand and sympathize with how someone got to where they were. I'm not as deep as Micah. (laughs) (laughs) so my answer is a little bit different but for me i do think that uh i think my primary reason for watching movies and tv shows and reading books and the majority of what i read are like autobiographies or like christian based like theology books for like christian living and all that sort of stuff um but yeah not really it's always like the most layman term version of all those things um somebody's zooming in on the youtube video right now to try to see which books are on our bookshelf um (laughs) But I think the one that I'm most passive with is music. Uh, I'm horrible with music. If it sounds good, I'm putting it on. And then I'm like cursing people out on my car ride to the church. Right. (laughs) Like that's just it's it's really bad. Um, That's probably the one that I consume the most passively and don't realize. I am broadening my vocabulary in ways that I don't want to. Um, When it comes to TV shows and movies, I'm quicker to turn those off of just like, this isn't good for me. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. But I'm I rarely go into a movie unless it's like some sort of like based on a true story, something like that. Rarely am I going into a movie thinking I want to learn something from this. I often notice my the tension of my Christian worldview paired with just the Holy Spirit inside of me teaching me things even when I'm not looking for them often pointing out things that are like, hey, listen, this isn't good for you or for anything, right? So I've kind of learned and navigated as I get older that like, 
you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but also you don't just receive everything really well. Um, so what do you do in situations like that when you do find yourself sort of like tensed up, like this isn't good for me? Do you finish the episode or finish the movie or do you turn it off and say, that's a boundary I, I can't I've go. had both happen. And this actually happens with a lot of stand-up comedy. I love stand-up comedy. So like I'm always watching comedy specials. I used to work in a comedy club for a while. Um, so... Like not, I, not as a comedian. Not as a okay. comedian, no. Um, <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> funny, yeah. funny no, I was that. waiting. I was waiting tables there. But like, so many comics always have a bit that's anti-religion, mm-hmm. like always. And so I like had this point where I'm like, I think for a really long time, especially through high school, I got so offended by that that like if I was listening to a comic and they started talking like against Christianity, I would turn them off and I'd be done with them. Um, now depending on the situation i'll finish listening to them or sometimes i'll even listen to it and be like you know what this is just a joke sometimes you like you can tell if it's malicious intent like so those cases i kind of take like case by case um there are other cases so for example american horror story mm-hmm. it's probably one of the first examples i can remember where i was watching something and there was a spot i forgot what season it was but it was whatever season like lady gaga played a role in the show and there was this scene that was just so grotesque that I was like, never again. And I stopped it. Then I turned it off and I've never watched another episode since um, because there was a, like literally just something rose up in me. That's like, this isn't good for your soul. So again, it's, it's, I think you have to understand that. Like Jonah even talked about this in the episode that he was on about Halloween. He was like, he talked about his friend who was like, Oh yeah, I watch scary movies. And then if God tells me to turn it off, I turn it off. Like, that's Okay. But I think you'd be surprised to find that, man, there is value in things that, Mike, to your point earlier, we do just kind of want to throw out and then not accept Mm -hmm. anything like that. There was something I wanted to point out earlier when you were talking about, like, listening to music, how that um, sort of, like, seeps in a little bit easier than, like, when we're watching TV or um, movies. And even, I think, in reading, I think there's something... There's got to be something scientific about like seeing and hearing Mm. like in movies and TVs versus just hearing because I feel like on a scale of like passive intake, you are probably the most passive when you're just listening to something Oh yeah, because Mm -hmm. like you're not there's no visual like I think of like a song that you probably like would find you like you come back from just listening to the beat and you hear the lyrics and you're like oh wow this is really inappropriate if there were a visual music videos like when you see the music video portraying like what the lyrics are actually saying you're like oh my goodness like why am i letting this in to my ear holes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's the second time in three weeks you've used ear holes on the podcast i don't know how i feel about this (laughs) I think it's great. I think yeah. it's my phrase. I think it's my catchphrase. It's going to be the th- it's going to be the thing that I'm going to say at every episode. Oh, please oh, don't. Yes, I'm going to sneak it into every episode and then we can um people in the comments if they like comment the timestamp where I say ear holes, we should have some sort of prize. Oh, Aaron, gosh. I'm going to edit all of them out. Yeah, I, really <laughs> I am. What you had asked about where do I draw the line? It's typically and this happened growing up as I was getting into my teenage years if I'm watching something that makes my heart heavy then typically I turn it off and I don't watch it again one of those was uh Criminal Minds I don't know if you guys ever watched it I love Criminal Minds I can't do it like I can I can watch almost anything else and it it not phase me but Criminal Minds I I can't mm. watch there's just something about it that 
just my heart like i can't do it Mm -hmm. i probably should have known there was something wrong with watching criminal minds when every time i watched an episode i always had to watch something happy afterwards mm -hmm. that's what to be able to kind of yeah i had to like flush my system but also my brain because Mm -hmm. if i I can't watch it at night i can't watch it if i'm by myself and i always have to watch something happy Mm -hmm. afterwards that's how i watched through the office five times (laughs) was because i i was trying to force myself to get through it and i just i I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other one is if I have bad dreams afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I, I have really vivid dreams. And so, like, if I can't sleep the night after or, like, two, two, night, or two days after, like, that's typically the line of, like, okay, I probably should mm-hmm. be more guarded about this next time. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to say, too, about how do things, like, manifest themselves mm-hmm. in your life right and um, you mean you alluded to that a little bit earlier but i think like you're talking about that in a dream sense but i think also like behaviorally as well mm-hmm. so for example if you're watching something that desensitizes you to sex and so now you think that sex is just okay you know <laughs> all willy-nilly which is a funny <laughs> phrase to say that's in incredible. context yeah that's staying in this episode uh if, if it's if it's language if it's things that just like encourage you to, to talk a certain way that you know you shouldn't like that's not the way that you should talk. Um, anything like that. Like, even, like, I joke with you all the time because you love watching the, like, uh, the like true crime documentaries and stuff. I'm like, this is all fun and games until I wake up and you're, like, holding a knife over the bed. Right? Like, <laughs> at that point, then, like, okay, we need to draw this line back a little bit. So I would say that when you start seeing things start to manifest itself in your life anyway, and I would say not even on the behavioral level but on the thought Thoughts. level. Yeah. It's time to to cut that out. I would like, just like to set the record that I've never had a thought okay. or actually held a knife next to you. But yes, that <laughs> is, she's just saying that for the deposition yes. file. Yeah. All right, so Micah, you had um, about, I mean, we don't, we've offered a lot of opinion and we usually do that to start these episodes out, but um, we ask you to, uh, I mean, sh- bring us to scripture. Let's talk about what you're talking about um, and let's look at it from a biblical perspective. And so you had a couple of different passages that came to mind for you. Um, yeah. So what were, what were some of those? So Romans chapter 14, I know mm-hmm. you guys talked about it a couple weeks ago with Jonah. Um I don't know if if you want to dive into it, we can, but I think the the whole chapter is basically based on the idea of like discernment is key, mm-hmm. um, and you need to learn how to discern through the Holy Spirit. Um, and so my line might be different from well, my, I mean my line's different from Morgan's. My line is different from you, and a lot of times when we talked about like where we draw the line, typically it's a f- based on feeling, mm-hmm. feeling and conviction. And so I think that's something that needs to be built up and learned as as a mature adult. I think for kids, I mean, like, I'm not a parent, so, like, I'm not going to say anything about, like, what a parent should do. But my parents didn't let me watch or consume anything other than Star Wars and, like, Christian media mm-hmm. up until I was maybe 14 or 15. And even then, limitations were on 
me and my siblings for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that because there's so many things where once I turned 18, I started going back to all the stuff I missed out on that my friends were able to be a part of and to like watch and see. And I, I started to realize like if I was watching this or if I played this game when I was six, six years ago, I would not have gotten it. Wouldn't have been able to handle it. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had that same thing. Like I went back and watched a bunch of movies that are like classic movies, you know, that like you're not allowed to watch as a kid and stuff. And yeah, I had that same appreciation. Like it didn't feel like, oh man, I'm missing out on this. But like, yeah, it was, there was this understanding of like, th I, thankfully I had been held away from it for so long that I was able to have the maturity to recognize I wouldn't have been able to handle that when I was younger. Yeah. And so I think as a mature adult, the sermon is key. Yeah. So coming out of this conversation for you guys, what is, uh, what changes, right? I think one of the things that's so cool about this, this podcast and like these conversations is like, we don't just have these conversations. Like they actually do affect and, and change the way that we live and the way that we think and process, um, what discipleship looks like. What does it look like to follow Jesus in a modern world? Um, so let's start with you, Morgan. How does this, how does this conversation change the way you live? So something that I had already been doing prior to this conversation, but I feel like it's just reinforced by talking about it. Um, I only listen to Christian music, like when I'm driving or working or doing things that are kind of like absent minded when I'm not like consciously paying attention to like the lyrics of songs, like I will only play Christian music because if there's like anything that I want to like soak into my soul subconsciously, it would be the lyrics of worship. Mm. Um, but if I am listening to like anything else, um, I sit with like focus and, um, for example, the new Taylor Swift album just came out recently. And because I want to appreciate the art from the artist of Taylor Swift, um, I sit down and I like focus and I actually pull up the lyrics and I like read mm. along with it to like be able to appreciate it, but also to be able to make sure like this is something that I want to, um, I guess in the future, absentmindedly listen to and mm -hmm. know that it's good for me to let it soak in. I think that's great. That's great active listening, which it fights against that passivity. So that's really good. Uh, and then movies and TV. Um, I don't really have like a barometer. I mean, I touched on like horror, but that's just like, I don't know if that's so much of a like conviction as it is just like a preference of mm -hmm. like, I don't enjoy being scared. Yeah. Um, is there anything from this conversation that makes you think I need to revisit the stuff that I watch? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's stuff that, like, when we were talking about, like, the drama and stuff, like, gossip is definitely something that I find myself, like, it's a big sin issue for me that kind of, I think, pours into a bigger issue of pride and feeling like I'm better than other people because, like, if people are, like, gossiping to me, like, oh, did you hear about what this person is? I feel like I can, like, be like, oh, well, I'm I'm doing better than this person. Um so watching shows with drama, like with gossip that is at like the center of um, the TV show, really reality TV is a big issue with that. Um, it it feeds into this this pride issue I have of like, gosh, their life is falling apart. Like good thing mine is so together. I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like sometimes we watch reality TV to feel better about ourselves. I, 
I would probably never say that like when I turn it on, it's like that's probably not my intent, but I think somewhere deep down on like a spiritual level, I am like, I need to see somebody else's life falling apart. So I feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. I, I really do think that's why I enjoy watching like Maybe reality TV. I need to start watching reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> no. feel a little bit better about is, myself. That is not. How the, to raise your self-esteem. No, that is not. That is that'll not. That'll be the title of this episode. Not the practical application yeah. from this, but no, it's, it's really unhealthy. I find myself like almost getting like joyful in watching other people's lives fall apart because it makes me feel like i have it more hmm. together hmm interesting i found the ick for There's myself ick. Yep. In, in this episode uh for me i actually think this was something i didn't think about this but i've done this multiple times is i do something called a soul detox uh it sounds super spiritual it's not but when i reach points in my life where i had noticed myself getting lethargic um I care less about my faith. Maybe I start talking in ways that I don't want to talk. I start getting gossipy or I start getting like less motivated to live out my faith. I, I do, I do cut like stuff out completely where I say like this week, I'm only going to like focus on God. I'm only going to like any reading I do is only going to be reading the Bible. Any worship that I listen to is only, or any music that I listen to is only going to be worship. Only any like, media that I consume is going to be Christian media. And I don't do that in like a legalistic sense of like, oh, well, I'm only going to listen to this stuff because it's good for me. No, listen, sad reality. A lot of Christian media is trash. Can we just go ahead and say that? That'll be another conversation for another day. I think we'll have you back for that one. Yep, I would love to talk about that because <laughs> I know you have a lot of strong opinions about that. But mm-hmm. the reason why I do it is because, yeah, I do need to just I need to recenter myself on on the right things. Um, for me, and this has been kind of a thought that's been bouncing around for the past couple of months even. Um, and I think I, I brought it up when you had asked me at the very beginning, like I had read this, this series, this book series, I was like 4 million or something like that. Like it's just crazy long. Um, and I remember getting to the end and like I finished it and I was like, that was great. And then the very next thought was how many times over could I have read my Bible instead of reading this? Like, that was nice. That was awesome. But have I been reading my Bible as much? Um, And for me, I think I need to really learn how to not allow entertainment to consume the majority of my time. Because most of the time, like, if I'm not working, if I'm not doing school, if I'm not writing myself, then... I'm typically consuming some sort of entertainment and I can kind of excuse it as like, Oh, well, like I'm, I'm trying to learn, like I'm trying to see how someone else does it. Um, but a lot of times I can just get distracted in the, like, I, I want, I want to consume to consume, um, and lose focus on like my faith. Yeah. Dude, um, that's so good. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I was convicted by a friend one time because for me, it wasn't like, christian reading it was just reading in general um and it was a friend who like mowed through books like would just read through them and i'm like man i wish i had more time for reading and they were like go look at your screen time on your phone (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then tell me you don't have time and so i think in the the uh, to apply that to this situation as well we're like man i just why am i not hearing from god why do i not feel like he's around all this stuff like okay look at how much time you're spending consuming garbage right maybe not all the stuff you consume is garbage um but how many times are you focusing on things that aren't god god yeah Yeah. 
how much energy you're putting towards that. Finally, the last thing I have is I think the big takeaway from this would be to use always our standard for living should always be scripture and nothing mm -hmm. else. You should follow Jesus, not follow people mm -hmm. in the same way. Like don't just follow your feelings or your opinion or where you think on it. Like actually line your Bible, your life up with the Bible and see, okay, do this, these things line up? So when it comes to the media that we consume, let's ask ourselves the question presented in, in Philippians four, chapter eight is, are the things that we're focusing on are the things that we're watching are the things that we can consuming? Um, are they true? Are they honorable? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they admirable? Um, because it says that those things are excellent and they're worthy of praise. And so those are the things that are worth our time, worth our attention, worth our focus. And ultimately, they're the things that shape us. This is the True Discipleship Podcast, in case you weren't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> now With we're Aaron the, and Morgan Now that we're at the end of the episode. <laughs> but man, like, discipleship is something that's constantly happening. Mm -hmm. We're always being discipled by everything around us, by the culture, by the media, by our families, by our friends, by the people at our church. Like we're being discipled by all of those things. So if we want to be good disciples of Jesus, we have to pause and ask ourselves, okay, what is actually leading me? If a disciple is a follower, we have to be willing to ask the question, okay, what is the thing that's leading me right now? What is the thing that is discipling me? What is the thing that's teaching me? What is the thing that's molding me? And if that, th if that thing is anything other than Jesus, then we need to give that thing a backseat and, and just reprioritize and kind of refocus our life on things. Well, that was a great conversation, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Morgan, thanks for coming back on the show. <laughs> you always do. You live here, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was touch and go there for a minute. I was like, I think you and Micah can do this, and I'm going to yeah, go take a nap. you're pretty tired, but yeah. I'm glad you came around. You offered a lot of value to this. And, Micah, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate you. We really appreciate your voice and um, everything that you brought to this. I think you offer a really good, clear perspective, and so uh, I'm sure this conversation will be helpful to many. Um, as far as I know, this, this series keeps kind of going longer and longer because the more we have conversations with people, the more that new topics arise and all that stuff. But I think next week is going to be the last week of this series. Uh, we're going to have a friend on, Justin Mitchell. He is a uh, he does Twitch streaming and all that sort of stuff. And so he's going to be on to talk about how we navigate Internet toxicity. I am <laughs> excited for that one. I think that's going to be a good one. <laughs> do, I look awesome. do I look excited? You look excited, nervous. I'm feeling that. a lot of emotions. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make sure I take a really good nap before we oh before we record that. Probably shouldn't do this on a Sunday again, too, like after church. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's nap time, man. That is prime nap time. Guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been the True Discipleship Podcast. We love you. We'll catch you next week.